Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Okay, you guys, you are in for a super special treat today because I have Kirsten Yackley with me, licensed marriage and family therapist and a very dear friend. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to have her with me today because she's someone I've known actually since she was in junior high. That's right. Mm -hmm. And she's here today because she is one of the members of my therapeutic team. And I wanted to give you guys like a sneak peek into who she is, what she's about and how she can help you. So we're going to start with a couple questions that I had for Kirsten, and then we're going to move to some of the questions that you brought to us through Instagram. So who, who are you professionally, personally? Yeah, this is a really big loaded question (laughs) you're starting me off with. Who am I? Well, professionally, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, (laughs) That's right. Um, Personally, I wear a lot of different hats. I'm a sister. I'm. You're a cat mom. I'm a cat mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a sister. I'm a cat mom. I'm a friend. I'm a daughter. Um, I'm just a kind, caring, loving individual person that's just trying to make their way in this world. Tell me what a Friday night looks like for you. Oh. like a lot of different things it could look like me hanging out with my cat doing a puzzle yes. or um, <laughs> maybe going on the town and doing some crazy dance moves <laughs> i love it also i feel like that's what everyone imagines therapists doing on friday nights the first one is yeah. like is is cat lady plus puzzle lady in her apartment oh yeah uh stereotypical nerd central or um cool girl can come out every once in a while. I love it. I love it. it. That's such a good mix. And I know as knowing you as a person, I do love that you literally do have both. (laughs) I definitely am a dichotomy. (laughs) I love it. Okay. I want to ask you um, to describe your therapeutic style for all of us, because therapists are different in the way that they approach healing people. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of schools of thoughts, tons of different modalities. So I want you to tell me, like, how do you find yourself in this large field. Yeah, um, it can get kind of confusing and people can get kind of lost in it, but really my style is really eclectic. Um, it's more based on what the client needs or the individual needs, Perfect. not ra- not really what I like to do. Um, you know, I do enjoy looking at how our past influences our present day functioning. Mm-hmm. I do think the past plays a huge important role in how we function today. But that is done in a bunch of different ways and different interventions and avenues. So it's really focused on the individualistic style of what that client may need. That's a cool way to think about it. There's a lot of different methods or, I guess, schools, I guess, is really what I think yeah. about. Like, they're like school, theories? Yeah, theories, <laughs> modalities, approaches. And some therapists hold a traditional view on that and then only operate from one specific school of thought. And then other therapists gather a more eclectic approach and try to blend some mixture of that and put their personal spin on it. 
because as a therapist, it's very personal, the work that we're doing. And so we typically don't turn off the person as we enter into that relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, just some backdrop information mm-hmm. for how I'm hearing you, Kirsten, kind of put your yourself into this is meeting the client where they're at rather than operating from the place that you think is. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly okay. right. Um, tell me who you love working with. Who's your like? Who's your ideal client? Yeah, I am open to working with anybody that's motivated and that's ready to do the work to get in there, show up, and be like, "Let's take, let's take this on." Okay. Any specific topic that you like working with, or are you open to? I'm open to a lot of different topics. You know, in my past I've worked with a, a bunch mm-hmm. of different. Um, issues such as anxiety depression but then other things such as like selective mutism and stuff like that so oh fascinating yeah Mm -hmm. it was really fascinating so um i'm really open it's just more on if the person is ready to do the work okay okay what do you want your clients to know about you because i think this helps people make a decision as far as trying to find a therapist that's right for them sometimes it's like gosh like I, if my clients could know this about me, it might help them make a decision about whether we'd be good fit for working together. I'm going to provide a space that's warm, comforting, non-judgmental, and that it's your experience and it's going to be individualized for you. So something that people don't know, and I'm going to tell them now, is that I've had like the pleasure of being your supervisor before mm-hmm. you were licensed, and I've watched you literally deal with probably the widest spectrum of clients I've ever seen an, in, an intern actually face. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What and that? what I liked was that I think everybody who came to work with you was was your person. Mm-hmm. It, it, so I think a lot of times therapists, we actually will kind of pigeonhole ourselves a little bit. Like, okay, I like working with women. Okay, I like working with this. With mm-hmm. I used to work with trauma. Okay, I used to work with this. But I appreciate that no matter who comes to work with you, that's your person mm-hmm. and they feel like you're the right therapist for them. And I think that's, I don't, I know that it might not be as easy for you to see that because you can only see from your experience, mm-hmm. but from an outside perspective, I see that every person has felt like, wow, like Kirsten, Kirsten is the person who's supposed to do this work with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate that. And thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, but I, I believe, you know, just as a therapist of really stepping in the client's shoes Mm -hmm. and being empathetic to their experience and um, providing them what they need in Mm -hmm. that moment. So what's going to work for one person isn't going to work for the next person. So, um, yes, I do believe that's a necessary tool. Yep. But I think that's a a great skill that you personally have is that you're really open to whoever is coming to work with you. And I think that's a pretty valuable quality to have. Um, okay, give me something fun. How about three adjectives? Give me three adjectives to describe you. Hmm. Three adjectives to describe me. Empathetic, caring, and of course a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Not, naturally. Naturally okay, a okay, badass. <laughs> okay. okay, what's a badass experience that you've had? Anyone. Any badass experience? Ooh, a badass experience. Um... I mean, badass to me is, can mean a lot of different things, whether that's, you know, showing up as your authentic self Mm -hmm. or doing something wild and crazy, um, you know, going scuba diving or something. (laughs) So um, badass for me is just being up for adventure and showing up 
showing up authentically and genuinely in who you are. Yes, love and love. Okay, what drew you to the field of psychology? Because not a lot of people, I think, are curious about psychology, but not mm-hmm. everybody makes it all the way to being a licensed therapist. So what drew you, and then maybe what made you stay? Oh, this going to be a long story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, from a young age, I've just, whether my fi- family dynamic or my personality, I've been kind of wired to be curious about people mm-hmm. and wanting to help people. Um, I still have memories to this day of, you know, looking at people out the window and seeing strangers walk by and just creating these stories in my head of what are their daily lives like. Um, As I grew older, it was more about understanding, okay, what makes people tick and why do people tick in these ways? So, you know, I took my undergrad and did psychology and sociology with my undergrad. Double major? Double major, yeah, maybe. Girl. <laughs> Overachiever. <laughs> um, I just couldn't choose. I, lo- <laughs> I liked both of it. You know, it's like sociology is more studying people, where psychology is studying what's going on in the mind. And I think I find them both fascinating. Yeah. So I like, you know, and I think I take that in my um, therapy room too, I, attacking it from both sides. So yeah, I did that and then started working in the mental health field and realized that. I wanted to be more on the um, helping healing side. Yeah, I wanted to be part of people's healing process Mm -hmm. and be on the other side of the room and, Mm -hmm. you know, get get deep in the work with them. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, what made you stay? What what makes you stay in this field? Mm, What makes me stay? Because I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Totally. Totally. It's, it's. Every story's different. Um, it doesn't, you know, get boring for me. I just love connecting with people and learning about people. And, you know, they call it a therapy of practice, right? Like, I'm continuing to grow and to learn even more, too. So it's it's ever, it's ever always changing. And, um, yeah, it's just really exciting. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, I, get, I totally get that because I feel similarly. Like, it is endlessly fascinating and so much fun. And that curiosity will always keep this practice fresh. Mm-hmm. So, yes and yes. Okay, what about... Okay, actually, I want to know, what do you think about remote therapy? Like, what's... How is it different working remotely with a person rather than working in the room with somebody? Well, remotely is such a crazy thing that we have access to, you know, living in this century that, um, you know, it provides people an opportunity to maybe connect with a therapist or a coach that fits them better than somebody that's actually in their area. So geographically, it gives them way more opportunity Mm -hmm. to find the right therapist Mm -hmm. or coach for them. Okay. So with that, um, you're talking about the therapeutic fit. And I think that this is something that people are looking for and are more aware of now. Before, people would only go to the therapist that was in their area. It mm-hmm. was like going to the doctor or the dentist. Right. But now there's so much more, um, uh, what's the word, availability mm-hmm. for people to access therapists outside of their geography. Right. Which I think then does allow them to connect more genuinely with a therapist because it's not limited on who's within their network or mm-hmm. who's right here. Right. And that's, 
you know, our profession is based off of the relationship, right? It's, I'm not a doctor just prescribing you some medication. Your healing process is going to happen with our relationship. So you have to have the perfect fit for you. You know, you can't just go to Joe Schmo down the street. You kind of got to look around and figure out, you know, what do I like about this therapist? What I don't like about this therapist? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, remote therapy gives you more access. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the perfect fit, finding the relationship, how, how long? I mean, I think I get that question a lot. Like, how long will I know if we're the right fit? Mm, I think it takes a couple sessions for sure. I mean, I, for me, yeah, as like my own, my own therapy experience, it took about, I'd say seven to 10 sessions, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, they say therapists are the most difficult clients. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I've heard the number around five to seven sessions. Um, but you know, each person's different and each experience is different. But if you're getting bad vibes right off the bat, bail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's a real relationship, you know, right. I think if you're looking to invest in yourself and invest in a relationship, then it would take a natural and normal amount of time to actually gain that connection where you can trust someone with your stuff. Mm-hmm. So in one regard, don't rush the process. But in another, it's like, if it's really not a good fit and it's not working, then it's okay to for both the therapist and the client to say, I think you may be better off like working it with a different person. Absolutely. Yeah. And a good therapist will, will say that, that and yes. recognize that. Yes. This is one of the things like I'm most excited about with having you and Jen specifically is mm-hmm. because I trust you guys so like explicitly in the way you do your work. I know that any person that I say, I really think that Kirsten would help you with this. I really think that Jen could help you with this. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, oh no, this is just me passing the baton on because that person's work will only continue. Right. It's not like, oh, well, go start over with Kirsten. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we need to be able to refer to other people. So that way the fit is right because the relationship is like the moving vehicle mm-hmm. of the work of therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What about, um, what, okay, okay I want to ask a million questions. What's keeping people from going to therapy and how can you help them feel comfortable? What's keeping people from going to therapy? I think is stigma in our society. I mean, it, yeah. I, still to this day, I mean, we've gotten a lot better with it, but I can't tell you how many clients I get that say, I don't believe in therapy or I don't think therapy is a real right. thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, because we haven't done research on it and, you know, <laughs> seen the benefits of it. But um, yeah, there's just so much stigma around it. So I think this breaking Hopefully. the stigma and uh, I think there's a lot of fear there too of, mm-hmm. you know, if I talk about this issue, is it going to make it worse? Am I going to hurt more, feel more pain? Right. Um, so a lot of fear, I think, prevents people from entering yes. the room too. I'm glad you brought up that stigma, too. I had a mm-hmm. um, a 10-year-old boy who came to therapy, I want to say maybe two months ago, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to get out of the car. And his dad said, listen, I really, I'm trying to get him, like, to come out of the car, but he won't. I said, don't worry. Like, I'll just, like, I'll sit in the parking lot right next to your car. Totally Absolutely. normal, right? Yeah. And he said, he's 10 years old. I, I don't know what it would say about me that I need to come see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Dude heartbreaking you're 10 and Mm -hmm. you're already thinking about what does this say about me right compound that as an adult i'm supposed to know how to navigate this my stuff isn't as bad as other people's stuff Mm -hmm. like well and just to bring like a cultural piece in too for men and little boys i think as a society it's 
suck it up. Men don't cry. Men don't share their feelings. So there's even mm-hmm. more fear mm-hmm. and shame in, um, about entering the therapeutic space. Totally. Because, uh, you know, as a society, people may think, like, this must say something about me being a man. Right. Which is, couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Right. Okay, so then for men seeking therapy, or how about moms that are the parents mm-hmm. of this next generation of men? Yes. How can, what can we, what do you want to say to that? What can we say to that? That teaching emotional intelligence, and that's just a fancy word for being able to identify our emotions and express our emotions in a healthy, healing way. Mm-hmm. Not saying phrases that suck it up, men don't cry, or boys don't cry. Yeah. Um, allowing our little boys and our little girls to feel their feelings, these big, scary feelings, and sit with them while they're feeling these yeah. feelings. When the feelings are, are appropriate for humans. Absolutely. <laughs> like, whether they're children or adults, and this is kind of where that parallel work comes in, mm-hmm. as parents or adults, we have to be able to understand, identify, sit with our own feelings if we're going to equip the next generation of people to do the same thing. Yes. As we do that as the adults, the counterparty and the children also, like, they buoy because of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. It's a total trickle-down effect that the healthier we get as adults, the healthier the children are as they benefit from the work that we're doing. Yes. It's kind of like the metaphor, you know, you're in a plane and the, the oxygen pressure mm-hmm. masks come down. What's the number one they, thing they say? You have to put your mask on before you can put somebody else's mask on. Yeah. It's the same thing with this work. Yep. You've got to work on yourself, heal yourself before you can touch and help other people. Yeah. I think the other thing I'd almost think about like, for parents is that, um, Feelings are not gender specific. No, (laughs) they're human. They're human specific. Yeah, they're not gender specific. They're human specific. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, boys can cry and girls can get mad. Yeah. And that's good. That's good. That's healthy. (laughs) Makes them well-rounded. Rather than having, like, so many people that are dealing with, um, what's the word? Like, neurotic. Like, a bunch of, like, people Mm -hmm. that have either stuffed, women have stuffed all their anger or men who have stuffed all their sadness. And they can do neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're here today, and I want people to get to know you. Yeah. I want people to know what they can expect from working with you as a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I will provide a space, whether that's a physical space or a remote space, of safety, comfort, non-judgment. Um, I like to be collaborative. I like... Um, you know, I think each person has the healing tools within themselves. I like to be a guide. Um, you know, it. Yeah. It's. We're gonna dive deep, but it's gonna be done on the person's timing. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna rush anything, force anything. Um, yeah, just a healing, comforting place to dive into whatever they want to dive into. Yep, I love that. That's true of you too. Like I know I I mentioned, but it's. Um, being your friend, being your supervisor, now being your colleague. It's like, mm-hmm. I know that that's what anybody would get getting to work with you. Total stamp of approval. Totally, <laughs> totally biased. <laughs> um, what do you wish more people knew about therapy? That it doesn't have to be so stuffy and cold and rigid and... 
you know, mm-hmm. in the media, it's portrayed this certain way. And it's so not that. It's therapy is this. This is mm-hmm. like a, two individuals sitting down, diving deep. Therapy is for everyone. It's not just when you're in crisis. It's to celebrate those successes. It's um, it's just a place to heal. Yes. Yes. Okay, I... I mean, I could sit here all day with you and and ask a million questions, <laughs> mainly because I like to open you up because I know that you are a person who can sometimes not want to talk about themselves. Right. I think as therapists, we get used to being in the role of, of questioner, you know, rather Absolutely. than sharer. So, um, but instead of doing that, I want to jump to some of the questions that we got from Instagram this week when I told yes. everybody I was going to be interviewing the therapist on my team. They came back with some fire questions. So Bring it on. I'm gonna. I'm starting with what's the most impulsive thing you've ever done? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not a very impulsive person by nature. <laughs> um, I really value that in other people. That spontaneity and um, just doing things, you know, by off the cuff or whatever that saying is. But uh, let me think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Impulsivity to me looks like probably doing something that wasn't planned. So this one morning, I I think it was like a Saturday morning. I didn't have any plans for the day. Um, didn't really know what I was going to do. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to go up and go snowboarding. So I packed up my car, drove up to Big Bear and spent the day snowboarding by myself. And it was okay. so fun and so magical. Um, yeah. And I think part of that was being impulsive about it yep. and just going for it. I love that. I like you choosing you and independently being like, one, I'm going to drive to the snow um, yeah. and then I'm going to like, I'm worth doing this, like spending the money and mm-hmm. the gas and getting up there and just having that day by yourself doing something fun and wild. Mm-hmm. Um, opposite question from Instagram. What's your favorite relaxing comfort activity? <laughs> <laughs> relaxing comfort activity. So for... My friends know this about me, but I love cooking. Um, more specifically, I like following a recipe. I'm not like a freak. <laughs> That's the impulsive part totally, there again. Totally. But, um, catch me on a Friday night whipping up a good meal and drinking a glass of wine and listening to some Michael Buble. I am in my zone. I love it. I, it's just, it's so therapeutic in itself for me. I'll be there. I'll be there next Friday. That sounds great. <laughs> um, okay. Another question from Instagram. I'm always curious, do therapists ever feel heavy from all that they take in? Of course. I We're human. I mean, that it's heavy stuff that we're dealing with yeah. and that we're talking about. And, you know, I'm a human being also. And what we're talking about is heavy and I'm going to yeah. feel the heaviness. Um, I think the piece that's important is how do we handle that heaviness? What do we do with the heaviness that we are holding? Do we take it home with us? Do we stuff it? Are we able to um, use healthy ways of letting it go, releasing it? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think this is something that people on the other side of the couch don't always know or hear about, but Mm -hmm. it's that, yes, of course we take it in. Like, because we actually care. Yes. Like if other, if you, if you don't, feel that happiness. There's either a sign of burnout, mm-hmm. jaded, you're overworked, you have too many clients in your caseload. Like if, if you're in a daze and you don't even remember who you saw that day and what they were feeling and you don't feel anything in response to it, 
there's a good chance you've checked out from your work. Absolutely. Right. So I think like, I think the, the feeling of the heaviness for me is evidence that I'm like awake and alive and in my job and Mm -hmm. with my people. It's not negative. Right. It's an indicator that you're in the present moment with them and that you're fully engaged, not just verbally, but Mm -hmm. with your senses um, and your body and, you know, spiritually too. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. this total engagement and um, you know, that emotion of heaviness is a symptom of something big happening. And then knowing that because we are trained to deal with emotional wellness, that Mm -hmm. we then know how to take care of that heaviness. Right. Like like I, I want my people to come and be willing to give me all the things and not worry about how I'm going to take it or take care of it. But like, it's all good. Like lay it on me. Oh, like give it to like, give it to me. I want to hold it. I want to take that from you. You don't have to hold that. Absolutely. That I mean, that's essentially our job. That is. is. Job. Yeah. <laughs> Please give me the yes. heaviness. I yes. I want the heaviness. I want to alleviate that from you. I yes. want to help you navigate through that so I can feel what you're feeling so we can figure this out together. Yes. And then I can go emotionally handle that and deal with it myself in a healthy way because yes. I've worked on that and I've got the tools to be able to do right. that. Like went to grad school for that. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are healthy ways you deal with the heaviness? Um, besides going on an impulsive snowboarding trip <laughs> cooking a meal. Yeah. Spontaneity is still is healthy. Spontaneity is a healthy way of dealing with stress. Absolutely. Um, recently I've picked up yoga. I've been doing it for a couple months and I am obsessed. Like, I've noticed such a change in myself from doing it. So I do that at least four to six times a week um, just to get emotionally, physically centered and to be able to release that heaviness or that pain or whatever I'm holding from the week. Yep. I love that. I like that you talk about it as releasing it because Mm -hmm. there is a sense that we will hold it in the here and now and then it's okay to release the work that we're doing Mm -hmm. and not have to be the the container for all time that it's okay that's the whole point we're trying to help our the people we work with let go of their stuff yeah we also need to let go of like the the burdensome part of it absolutely if we're you know trying to help our clients do this or preaching to do it Mm -hmm. then we better damn well be doing it ourselves and modeling that yeah absolutely i love that i i like hearing therapists talk about what they do for self-care and or it's really it's awareness of of the work Mm -hmm. um that is definitely another piece I'd like to be able to hear and or talk about more with therapists is how we can prevent um, burnout mm-hmm. and compassion fatigue by making sure that we are modeling healthy self-care so that we can stay in this work for a long time. You know, Absolutely. There's too many good therapists that are fizzling out because they're overworked. Mm-hmm. And, oh. um, okay, are you in therapy? Yes, I am currently in therapy. How has her- therapy helped you? Oh, I know. <laughs> immensely. I mean, I can't even, I'll try to put it into words. It's helped me realize that I'm important. My needs are important. I matter that I need to create space to work on my stuff. And I can't give, 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 give without yes. taking care of myself. And that was a really foreign concept to me that I was important or that I mattered where because in the majority of the roles of my life I'm taking care of other people right um so learning that and just having the space to dive into whatever I want to dive into and that it's my time to do that Mm -hmm. um it's yeah I thought I was just gonna go for 
a couple months and you know I'm going on a, a year now and I it's now it's part of my self-care routine also totally. um that you know I'm not just using it for a crisis but I'm using it to just take care of myself and work through you know everyday life stressors yep I, I love that this is something that I um we've been kind of dancing with for a little bit now is the idea that therapy is not crisis intervention only mm-hmm. that it can be but that's also like going to the emergency room and calling that our only exposure to like the medical field right, right? yeah <laughs> exactly nope yeah we also have like well checks mm-hmm. and just like practical self-care we go for physicals because it's healthy yeah it's yeah you go to your doctors for your checkups or you know oh my stomach feels a little weird maybe I should go get that checked out yes okay let's like use that with emotional wellness yeah I've been feeling kind of you know down for a little bit what's going on with me right let's go check it out yes like when you were also talking about the idea of why why you go to therapy sometimes it is for something specific like an um, a single incident event Mm -hmm. right and there are other times where people go for something a little bit more abstract like self-worth self-concept mm-hmm. ambivalence like not sure which career path to take like it's just right. however you want to use the space you have a trained guide there mm-hmm. to help you navigate whatever topic whatever thing you want to bring in the room mm-hmm. there's nothing off limits that's so cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so nothing off limits what if a client wants to know something about you uh the majority of the time bring it on i mean it's Again, I think we mentioned this before. It's healing is going to happen within this relationship. Yes. It's, yes. That's the healing tool, the healing guide is how connected you are to me and vice versa. Mm-hmm. There has to be some self disclosure. Yes. So the person can feel connected to. Yes. Um, you know, I think I would have given you a different answer, like at the beginning of my therapy totally, career, totally. like grad school, like yep. black and white, don't share anything. Mm-hmm. But we're human beings yes. and I know I want to know stuff about my therapist. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm sure people want to know stuff about me too. Yes. So, um, I love that. Yeah, I think the majority of the questions I would answer. Yes. Within an appropriate scope. Like, yes. like what are you, what are you doing this Friday night? Right. <laughs> you want to go yeah. hang out? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, I, I definitely think people are naturally curious and I want to also want to respect that within mm-hmm. them when they have a question. It's vulnerable to ask a question sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we are, not expecting, but essentially, yeah, we it's, are. It's, we are. we're asking the client to yep. come share all about themselves and their most vulnerable pieces, and then we're just going to be a blank slate and not engage with that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just doesn't sound fair to me. Well, not for a reparative relationship. Correct. Like, yeah. If there was relational injury where they couldn't attach to a caregiver or somebody who they needed to be able to feel connected to, mm-hmm. and then here we are reinforcing that same thing, like, you you can't know about me. I'm out of your reach. Mm-hmm. Like. It, to me, that feels like we're re-injuring the person we're, we're with. Right. Rather than be like, no, it's okay. Mm-hmm. We will share in this. I do genuinely care for you. I do want to answer your questions. I'm here with you. Right. And, and really. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Any other myths, stigmas, or things you want to, like, speak to specifically about therapy, how it's perceived, and what you want people to know about it? Um, that therapy, again, is for everyone, and it can look... A bunch of different ways and you know what therapy looks like for me is going to look different for somebody else and that let's just knock away the stigma and yeah yep get people in these yep. rooms and start healing yes in these rooms remotely remotely <laughs> <laughs> 
I, it's, it's fun because we get this question a lot too. If you guys, if your thing is remote therapy, what do you call it? And it's like the room, how we refer to that within our field is mm-hmm. the space in which we do our healing. And so the yes. space has never been limited by the room. The room is really the relationship. Right. I guess, yeah, we just use that term yes. to call the relationship. I've, I've called the space or the room. I've done sessions outside, yes. you know, there's no physical room there, but yeah. it's the relationship, yeah. the space that we're holding together. Yeah, that's so good. The room of the work. The room of the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> um, one, like, thank you to the Instagram people who asked questions. Be ready to ask some more because next week I'm going to be interviewing Jen, the other therapist of our awesome group. Um, it has been so much fun getting to bring in like-minded therapists who want to move the work of therapy outside of where it's been kept for all these years in a pretty stiff environment, dressed up in a lot of clinical language, bound into like people that are like the really messed up ones. And while therapy will always be for the for all of us who have had some really messed up experiences, myself included, um, I'm probably in the front of the line when it comes to like messed up lives and it's nice to be able to have therapy for that but there is also this other group of people that have been missed by the by where therapy can reach because they feel like they don't qualify because they haven't had enough dark stuff and so i think it's like to those people who want to like encourage that therapy is not only for the people who have the the obvious catastrophic things it is for people who are looking to Think out loud with a trusted guide to process what's going on in just real everyday stuff. So the two women that I'm having like the pleasure of introducing to you today and next week are women that I trust and would trust with my own story, with my children's story, with my marriage. Um, These are two women who have literally been like hand selected as people that I would trust to work with my with my clients that I, I literally hold like precious babies. So <laughs> with that being said, um, what I want you to know about Kirsten specifically is that she's the re- real deal and how she cares, but she's the real deal and how she's equipped to actually help people. So she's here sitting here and I'm going to make her feel as awkward as humanly possible. Oh goodness. Um, in the past, when we were supervisor and intern, mm-hmm. I remember thinking that no matter who I needed to refer your direction, that you were going to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, that's a big, it's a, it was a big caseload that you were carrying for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that regardless of who was coming in your room, room, I, I knew that no matter what, that person was going to get both the care and the knowledge to unlock whatever it is they were working on. The feedback that I got the most from your clients mm. was that they felt like you were the perfect therapist for them, mm. but I knew how diverse your caseload was. So for me, I thought, oh, that's she's literally showing up for each person the way that they need to be showed up for. Mm. Which the funny thing, that's literally how you started this interview, was that you're able to meet people where they're at and that you adapt your style to their needs. And while I think a lot of therapists say that, you actually do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm thrilled to watch your therapeutic career just take off um we need more people like you Kirsten in this field um to do really excellent work thank you so much mm-hmm. I just got goosebumps yep. and I was gonna cry <laughs> good yeah <laughs> then I've done my job yeah. <laughs> but truly thank yeah. you yes okay we're gonna close it out with um if you guys were here together with us in the trailer today that we would just 
want you to know that therapy can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be genuine and real, but it can also be uh, two women in a trailer in vans and Birkenstocks <laughs> talking the things and making this thing normal, making this thing like whatever it needs to be for you. So, mm-hmm. so take off the fear, take off the limitations, take off whatever it is that's keeping you from wanting to know more about this and ask the questions. Yes. If you were here today, or you're afraid to walk through that door, you know, I just encourage you to ask yourself, is what you're doing right now working for you? Mm. If it's working for you, great. If you, you know, you're living your life and everything is as you want it, that's awesome. But if there's something that's not working for you that maybe you want to look a little deeper in, Come join us, you mm-hmm. know, in our t-shirts and our Birkenstocks <laughs> and our fans and come hang out and um, have the experience just a little, learn a little bit more about yourself. Yes. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. And people, if you want to read more or see more about Kirsten, I'm going to be adding more info to my website, elisesnipes.com, where you can watch some videos we made and book appointments that'll be coming up this week. So, um, Yeah. I'm so excited to work with you all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, happy week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.